Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Brian Gans. He's the CEO of Berna Technologies. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, Jeff. Nice to be on the show with you. Our pleasure. So, so Brian, for those that aren't familiar with uh, Berna, can you give us just a quick overview of the company? But before we get into that even, I, I want to address the the 800-pound uh, gorilla in the room. You know, the, the stock's been trending down over the last three months, and is there anything, you know, that we should know of or, or any particular reason or, that you can point to? Well, well, Jeff, the short answer is no. From a fundamental standpoint, the business is uh, on track. Um, I... I believe that, you know, we're certainly going to come in within the uh, projected range, maybe even exceed the top end of the range. Um, so there is nothing fundamentally that's causing the stock to go down. All right. Then good. Let's talk about business. And so tell me what you guys do briefly. So our mission at Berna is to save lives. So I've been a gun owner uh, most of my adult life. And I was one of these crazy guys that always carried because, you know, I was a Boy Scout, a pilot. My motto was always to be prepared. But you know what? If I were really honest with myself, I, I don't know how quick I would be to pull the trigger. Um, you pull the trigger, your life changes forever, legally, financially, psychologically. But if I hesitated, would that be a fatal second for me? And if I didn't hesitate, could I be making a fatal mistake? So I wanted to develop a product for gun owners like myself that would give them the ability to stop an assailant, to uh, stop a, a mugging, a carjacking, a home invasion, without the risk of uh, killing somebody or causing uh, permanent uh, bodily harm. And that's really what we do at Berna. We create personal security devices and ammunition that are capable of stopping an assailant at standoff distances up to 60 feet uh, without causing any uh, permanent injury or the chance of, of taking a life. Okay, so, so basically a gun that is not shooting bullets, correct? Well, we call it the ungun, but but yes, it is a non-lethal gun. Okay, and then what is it shooting? Uh, we shoot, uh, in terms of self-defense rounds, two different uh, rounds. One is a kinetic round, just a hard plastic uh, projectile. These are 68 caliber round projectiles. Uh, and it causes um, pain compliance, in other words, it hurts. Uh, okay. There's a lot of videos online of people getting hit with the kinetic round. In fact, there's a video of me getting hit with the kinetic round early on, and you'll see me jumping up and down, you know, uh, muttering a few choice uh, curse words uh, because it, it really does hurt. Um, we also fire a chemical irritant round, so uh, either pepper or uh, tear gas. And this is a powdered form of pepper and a powdered form of tear gas that when it strikes somebody, the uh, projectile breaks, it forms a cloud. Uh, once it gets into people's eyes, uh, nose, on their skin, it causes uh, an intense burning sensation, respiratory distress, um, and most importantly, it causes 
what we call temporary blindness, of course, is not really blindness, but it causes people to involuntarily shut their eyes. And I don't care how tough somebody is, if they can't see, they can't continue on with the attack. Okay. So is your company based on a single product, or do you have a product line? Well, we, we introduced the first product, the Berna HD, in uh, May of 2019. And for most of the last two and a half years that we've been uh, selling Berna products, we've been pretty much a single product, single channel company. So in other words, we sold the Berna HD and rounds for the Berna HD through our own online store, Berna.com. Okay. With the recent capital raise, our, our goal has been to expand dramatically beyond just a single product and a single channel. Um, and we have uh, now expanded to uh, multiple, what we would call handguns, uh, a number of uh, shoulder-fired launchers, uh, bulletproof backpacks, personal security alarms. We, we want to end up being all things personal self-defense. Okay. So with your lead product, how big is that addressable market? Uh, the, the addressable market is enormous, frankly. Um, so if you look at some of our competitors, I think the one that comes to mind uh, for most people is Axon, which produces the taser. This is primarily a law enforcement market. There are 917,000 law enforcement agents in the United States. Um, with that size market, uh, Axon is doing, you know, 550 million in sales. On the other hand, our primary market is consumers. Last year, 2020, there were 23 million guns sold in the United States. But the more interesting statistic, Jeff, is that 8.4 million were sold to first-time gun buyers. So you think about that for a second. 8.4 million people were so afraid for their own safety or the safety of their family or community that they were compelled to buy a lethal firearm with everything that goes with that to protect themselves. What percentage, if they had known that there was a viable non-lethal alternative, would have bought a burnout? I mean, if it's 10%, that's 840,000. Uh, and to put that in perspective, in the last two and a half years to date, we've only sold 120,000 uh, launchers. So we think the market is enormous. We, we live kind of at the intersection of gun owners like myself that want some way to protect themselves without the risk of taking a life. They want a, a non-lethal uh, option in their arsenal. And non-gun owners who, for whatever reason, you know, whether it's philosophical or because they have small children at home, they don't want to have a lethal firearm in the house, but they do want to protect themselves. So we think that the addressable market just in the U.S. is the, I don't know, 60, 70, 80% of folks uh, in the middle, the, the sane, sensible, reasonable, rational folks um, that, that want to be able to protect themselves but don't want to take a life. So, you know, what, I don't know, what is that market? 200 million people in the U.S.? 
On top of that, we have started to go after the law enforcement market. Uh, we're now, uh, the burn is now being carried by over 200 agencies, including the ATF. Um, and we think that there is a viable law enforcement market, although we look at that market not so much for the size of the market itself, but for the confirmation, the social proof that it gives, because certainly law enforcement is not going to carry a product that they don't think is effective. Okay. And, and how about price-wise? How would you compare it to like a taser or to the competition? Well, the launcher, the first launcher that we introduced, the Berna HD, had an MSRP of 359 Its replacement, the Berna SD, is at 399 And the Berna LE, which will be coming out with uh, hopefully in uh, Q1 of next year, uh, will be at 499 so these are sort of, you know, comparably priced with uh, lower-priced handguns, but significantly below, uh, for example, what a taser costs. Uh, a taser can be as much as $1,700. Uh, for law enforcement, it's generally a, a $20 a month maintenance program that goes along with it. Uh, the cost of each cartridge is very, very high. You're looking at $35 for a, a, a single cartridge. Whereas with the Berna, uh, we can have people practice with rounds that cost 25 cents, and our chemical irritant rounds, uh, when bought in 25 packs, are around $4 each. So significantly uh, more price competitive uh, than the competition. And so for, for law enforcement, would an officer use this uh, in the same manner? Does it compete head-on with a taser? You know, uh, yes and no. So first off, let me just say, I think the Taser is a great product, uh, but there are significant limitations. So the most important limitation for the Taser is standoff distance. It is, uh, it, its practical range is really between 8 feet and, say, 20, 21 feet. Um, the problem with that is law enforcement has a rule that when somebody's within 21 feet, uh, they're able to use deadly force. So the taser doesn't give them the standoff distance to deal with a threat before that threat is so close that they're really compelled to use uh, lethal force. The other issue with taser is that most tasers are a single round product. Uh, you fire one and you're, you're done. Uh, the newer models have two shots. But frankly, uh, <laughs> in law enforcement, uh, the saying is one is, uh, two is one and one is none uh, because uh, the taser is effective only 50% of the time. So generally what happens, and we see quite a bit on the news, is a law enforcement officer will use the taser, it will be ineffective, and then they'll have to immediately go to their uh, lethal weapon. So it, it sounds like uh, you'll be able to capture a good part of, of that channel for, for law enforcement. So what channels are you presently in, and what's kind of the mix of that? So when we look at the growth opportunities, we think the growth opportunities really come from three different areas. The first is new products. Um, and as I said, we're we're expanding into all things personal self-defense. We have an extremely robust product development pipeline. 
where we've got more than a dozen uh, new products in development that we'll be rolling out over the next uh, 24 months. Uh, the second is new sales channels. So as I said, up until this point, the vast majority of our revenue has come from Burnit.com. We are looking to expand into other third-party e-commerce sites. Uh, the most obvious is Amazon. So this is really the first quarter uh, that we're uh, selling on Amazon.com. Uh, it takes a little bit of time to really develop your presence on Amazon.com because it's uh, you know, all driven by algorithms. They started off giving us only 1,000 spaces. So in other words, we could have 1,000 total units on the shelf. Um, in order for us to do $25 million a year, we think we need about 20,000 spaces. So we started out very slow. They've now increased us to 4,700 spaces. And we're hopeful that as we get into 2022, we'll have an unlimited number of spaces. We are also going live this month on Optics Planet, which is a very, very large online seller of all things uh, gun-related accessories to guns. They don't sell any handguns, but they do sell you know, holsters and lasers and so forth. And they really want to make a foray into non-lethal. And they're starting off with us. So we look to expand our e-commerce uh, presence. We are also going into brick and mortar. So uh, we signed up a few months ago by Mart, which is kind of a Walmart-type store, uh, 82 stores in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, these guys are knocking the cover off the ball for us. Uh, we've signed up Frontier Justice, which is kind of a Bass Pro Shop Cabela's type of uh, store. They've got uh, four facilities in the Kansas City area, and they're expanding next year to eight on their way to 20 facilities. So we think brick and mortar will also be an important part. Um, and then we're looking at, um, you know, new markets. And by new markets, I mean new markets in terms of end user. So as I said, we're focused on developing our law enforcement market, we're going after schools. We signed up three schools uh, this month um, where they're carrying the Berna, uh, the school resource offices are carrying the Berna, um, and also new markets geographically. So we sold this year nothing into Canada. We're waiting for our HST and GST numbers. You know, I think Canada will be a huge market for us. We're opening up uh, this year a, a big uh, distribution facility in France that will be used to distribute into all of uh, the European Union. So as we look at uh, 2022 and beyond, uh, the growth is coming organically. We think that Berna.com will continue to grow at a, a pretty uh, a good cliff. But on top of that foundation, we'll have other e-commerce stores, brick and mortar stores, new products, and new markets, uh, both in terms of end user and geography. Okay. Now, are you making product yourself, or is it outsourced? And if these uh, other markets um, take off, can you do you have the ability to scale quickly? We, we are producing ourselves. We have two manufacturing facilities. One is in uh, just outside of Johannesburg in South Africa, and the reason for South Africa is uh, the. Uh, inventor of this technology, Andre Baez, is from South Africa. We bought his patents. We bought his design company. 
we brought Andre on board as the chief technology officer. He now is in uh, Boston, you know, at the corporate headquarters where we have the R&D group. Uh, but we still have a manufacturing facility in, in Johannesburg. We also opened a second manufacturing facility in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and all of the product for the U.S. is produced in the Fort Wayne, Indiana manufacturing facility. Uh, we have the ability to produce about 500 units per day per shift at each location. So that's 1,000 units a day, which would take us to around 250,000 units of capability on a single shift. Now, we could clearly increase that, so we're looking at you know, 500,000, 600,000 uh, units of capability. To put that in perspective, uh, this year we sold 75,000 units. So we have significant uh, ability to ramp. And we're in a very uh, enviable position, Jeff, because I have a lot of incremental capacity, and I have $56 million of cash in the bank. So I have the ability to fund the additional working capital in terms of both inventory and receivables. And basically, I've told our folks, you know, now is the time to really pull out all the stops. Over the last two years as we were growing, we were, one, very, very capital constrained. Um, when I came into the business, I didn't take a salary for the first three years. I bought, you know, the office furniture off my own personal credit card. So prior to really, you know, hitting our stride and, and raising this capital, we, we were hand-to-mouth. Um, but now we have the ability to, to really ramp, and we expect the next couple of years to be uh, significant growth years for us. Okay. So how about the sales cycle? It sounds like it's a pretty short sales cycle other than maybe law enforcement. Is that, is that correct? Well, it's, um, it's somewhat of an impulse buy, although our average order value for first-time uh, buyers is over $500. So by the time you buy the launcher and you buy a holster and maybe a laser and you get additional ammo to practice with, that $399 uh, launcher kit is, is more than $500. So it is, it is not completely an impulse buy. What we find is most folks will come to our website, uh, you know, multiple times before they'll make the initial purchase. Um, and it usually takes about a week from the time they come initially to the time they purchase. That said, that's a lot faster cycle than with law enforcement where, you know, you're dealing with budgetary constraints and approvals and, you know, maybe once a year they'll, they'll bring on new products. So we do like the, the rapid sales cycle of selling to consumers. Okay. And the revenue model, it looks like Razor, Razorblade. Are you, are you making uh, money on both? We are making money on both. So this year, uh, the launchers themselves represent about 70% of our total revenue. Ammo is around uh, 15%, and accessories are around 15%. Now, in the gun world, which is probably the closest analogy we can come up with, uh, over the first 18 months of gun ownership, the average gun owner will spend as much on ammo and accessories as they do on the initial purchase price of the weapon. And then they generally will buy a second weapon or a third weapon. I think that uh, most gun owners in the U.S. Uh, have three and a half 
uh, weapons, and that makes sense to me because I, I have three different handguns. Um, and we're seeing the same type of thing. Uh, we expect that, and hopefully this doesn't happen for a long, long time, but when we start to slow down in terms of our growth, that ammo sales as a percentage of our overall revenue will start to uh, approach that 50% mark. If we look at some of our competitors, such as Pepperball, and we have uh, some employees who were at Pepperball, uh, so we have a little bit of insight into their model, uh, they're about 50-50 ammo and, uh, and launchers. And if we look at Mission Less Lethal, which is a small uh, competitor that we bought this year, they were exactly 50-50 in terms of ammo and accessories. So there is a real razor, razor blade model to this uh, industry. Okay. And, and how about gross margins? Are, are they comparable the, on the, uh, the razor and the razor blade? The, the razor blades are actually a little bit higher gross margin. Um, we had a 45% gross profit margin in uh, 2020. Uh, this year we're projecting 55. And we think our, our terminal uh, gross profit margin will be between 60 and 65. So as we start to sell uh, more ammo and accessories as a percentage of our overall sales, um, that will have a positive impact on our margins. Also, some of these new products are, are higher priced and higher margin products. So when we introduced the Berna SD at $399, the cost for that was pretty comparable to our Berna HD, which we sold at $359. As we come out with our Berna LE next year at uh, $499, the cost is a little bit more, but it's also a higher margin product. So new products and ammo will push the margins up, and that will be offset slightly by the increase in our wholesale uh, sales, our brick and mortar sales. So as we bring on a larger percentage of our revenue model through dealers, that'll depress it a little bit. But, but we think as we look towards next year, we should be above 60% in gross margins, trending towards that 65% ultimately. Okay. And acquisition strategy, I see you made one. Should we expect more? Well, we, we actually made two acquisitions in 2020. The first was Mission Less Lethal, um, and that's proven to be a, a really great acquisition. It allowed us to get into the shoulder-fired launcher business very, very quickly. Um, we had a number of products that are in the product development pipeline, but probably will not be ready until late 2022. And the shoulder-fired launchers were important for going after law enforcement. And I would say that, you know, we, we spent $3.5 million on that acquisition. Uh, $400,000 was actually cash, so, so closer to $3 million. Um, we will do a multiple of that in revenues in 2022. And I think, frankly, we'll probably exceed the $3 million uh, even this year in terms of revenues from those products. We also bought a very small company called Ballistapax, and Ballistapax makes uh, quote-unquote bulletproof uh, backpacks, and these backpacks turn into full body armor. So they have a, a plate in the back, but you can reach over your head and pull out a second plate, bring it over your uh, uh, chest. We think that this will be important for our uh, entry into school safety. 
So for a school resource officer to be able to carry a bulletproof backpack that has an anti-bleed kit in it and a burner uh, uh, that's attached with a molly to the front plate, we think opens up a huge new market. We're marketing this under the burner shield. Uh, to date, sales have been relatively uh, de minimis, but, but well over one times, um, uh, sales will be more than one times our purchase price. So it was also a very attractive acquisition. Um, going forward, uh, if we can find good tuck-in acquisitions that make sense in terms of our thesis of being all things personal self-defense, um, you know, and they're accretive to us, we will certainly look to them. On the other hand, you know, a lot of these new products will be, you know, developed in-house. Okay. And, and so what are some of the key drivers? I mean, it seems like you've got the wind at your back, but what are some of these? Well, look, I, you know, we say that we're a, a product for the times, and, you know, as we all know from being in business for many years, it's frankly better to be lucky than smart. And, and I do think we're benefiting from some socioeconomic tailwinds. I mean, there's no arguing that there is, has been a fraying of the social fabric in the U.S. I mean, we need only look to that one statistic of 8.4 million first-time gun buyers in, in 2020. So I do think that people are concerned about their own safety and are looking for some way to protect themselves. By the same token, there is a countervailing force. And that countervailing force is people being upset with the level of gun violence. So, you know, uh, police forces are looking at all manner of options for them to be able to uh, stop an attacker without having to resort to lethal force. I think a lot of gun owners like myself really want to have something uh, that they can protect themselves, protect their family, their community with, it doesn't require them to use lethal force. So I think these two trends uh, in combination provide significant tailwinds for us. And these are not, Jeff, just U.S. trends. These are trends that you're seeing across the globe. So, you know, we've got, uh, unfortunately, in South Africa, you know, a lot of civil unrest. And um, we're seeing a significant increase in, in our sales in South Africa, we're, we're really in that market primarily because we, we have a factory there, but it's proven to be a very good opportunity for us. So as we watch the company over the next year, what are some of the events or catalysts that we might uh, see? Well, I, I think, as I said, you know, uh, you're going to be looking towards uh, new product development. I think, you know, with each new product, that represents incremental sales. Um, the development of the new sales channels. So one of the questions I get very frequently is, you know, how's Amazon doing? Well, I mean, as we discussed, Amazon is still just in the very early stages. We're running at about a $5 million annual clip on Amazon um, right now. I would anticipate by the time we get to the end of next year, the end of 2022, we'll hopefully be running at a $25 million annual clip. So Amazon may be able to generate, you know, $15 million in sales uh, for us uh, in 2022 versus, you know, uh, just a, a million dollars or so in sales uh, this year. 
Um, the other, of course, is the opening of more uh, brick-and-mortar stores. We're working with some you know, very uh, high-visibility uh, potential partners. Um, the opening of our distribution center in Europe that will allow us to really make forays uh, into that market. Um, and, you know, frankly, the development of our new products. One of the things that we're really looking forward to is the development of our Berta LE, which is a, uh, a law enforcement uh, design product, and I think will really help us uh, penetrate that market. So, you know, we're pursuing uh, an all-of-the-above strategy. Very good. Well, thank you so much for sharing the story. Jeff, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I appreciate it.